This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube. And your favorite podcasts. Lester Till I Die TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Are you ready? I'm saying... Are you ready? No, good evening. How the devil are you all, fellow Fox fans? Are you all right? I'm not. 
<laughs> those of you that will, or those of you that saw the post-match show uh, last night, let me put it this way, I haven't really taken a gap. I'm probably as pissed off as I was last night, which was on a rate of 1 to 10, I was probably up to 15. You know when they say count to 1 to 10 and you'll calm down? Well, I'm still counting. Um, what a game. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. You can get us on Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, the group, uh, Twitter at Leicester TID, and of course on YouTube, you can get us on Leicester Till I Die TV. And please give that subscribe button a click. Um, and if you're very, very kind and would like to donate that little dollar sign at the bottom, and don't forget, of course, if you prefer to listen to me rather than look at me. And I don't blame you at all for that. You can get us across all the main podcast platforms, Amazon, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Googly, Podcast Addict and Anchor to name but six. This is Lester Till I Die. Good evening. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to, but uh, unfortunately, we do, contractually obliged to. So, we went to a team yesterday that uh, hadn't beaten us in the Premier League, and in my opinion, shouldn't have beaten us yesterday. Um, Not saying we should have beaten them either, because they turned up, they played very well, um, they gave us a good game. I thought for the first 10 minutes we were passing the ball around nicely and I could only see one result. And then Brighton came into it and they were pressing us and they deserved something from the game. And I don't mind losing. Winning and losing is all part of the game on a level playing field. And what we don't have with VAR at the moment is a level playing field. And yes, all right, I know what you're saying. These things level themselves out over a season. We used, But we used to say that about the refs, didn't we? And then at least it was human error. Now they've got all these machines, all these camera angles, and they're still fucking it up. You know, I mean, I, I, I said this earlier, and I, and I think I'm right here. VAR, is it fit for purpose or is it just operated by tools? Well, in fairness, tools are useful. The guys that sit at Rockley Park, not Rockley Park, that's a caravan park around the corner from me, Stockley Park. Having said that, they might be better off at bloody Rockley Park, cleaning up the mess that the tourists leave. But you know what? What are they doing? What are they doing? I mean, they make not only our game, Man United as well, apparently. Now, I didn't see the game, but if you see the news, you see the headlines, Man United fans not happy either with VAR and the referee. I mean, years ago, I said we used to blame the refs. We brought in VAR. So I don't, you know, I can see VAR. I was a, wanted VAR. I was a fan of VAR. I said, let's get it in. But do you know what? We need it to be operated by 
professionals. Now, we've got people here, and people say, well, yeah, you know, we employ the rest now, they're professionals. No, they're not. They're bloody useless. And let's name them. Stuart Atwell, the referee. Assistants, Dan Cook and Simon Long. I'm not sure which one it was on that side, but maybe he needs to cook off and take a long walk off a short pier. Fourth official, Graham Scott. Why do we have the fourth officials? They just stand there to hold the board up or in case one of them sprains a, a finger. Um, VAR, Peter Banks, and we all know that Banks is spelt wrong there. And assistant VAR, Wade Smith. I said yesterday, I said we should have ex-players in. Forget the players that are in the Premier League, the well-known ones. They go on to work for BT, for Sky, your local newspapers. But those players that are down... In the lower leagues, haven't got a, 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 any chance of uh, carrying on or, or being in sport in that way. They could easily go and do that job. And I'll tell you why later. Because if did anybody watch Match of the Day 2 last night? Because you had two ex-professionals there, Dion Dublin and Alan Shearer. And you know what? This is what VAR said. I would if it would if it came up. Uh, PL Chiefs thrilled with VAR despite controversy with United and Leicester fuming. Well, if they're thrilled with it, maybe they need to get out more. Maybe they need to to get rid of their wives and get some prostitutes because the wives aren't obviously thrilling them that well. If they get that's how happy they get, and they're just you know Alan Shearer here. You know, fumes at VAR for awarding Brighton penalty against Leicester and Rages. That shouldn't be allowed. Ex-professionals can see it. Ex-professionals on a TV programme that are seeing the same cameras, the same pictures that VAR are seeing, can see it. And that's why we should have ex-pros and not these wankers that are sat at Rockley Park making these god-awful decisions. I'm sorry, but we need professionals and we don't have professionals running in the in the in the uh, in the referees association. I actually emailed the referees association earlier on, and I said on my show tonight I'll be highlighting the abysmal standard of referee and assistant refereeing and VAR refereeing for yesterday's game. I would like to invite a representative, a representative of the refereeing body onto the show to explain to me and my viewers the decisions made during yesterday's game. And you know what? Yeah, you're quite right. I didn't hear. I didn't hear. It was Leicester Brighton, and we're going to welcome Russell in straight after. Thank you for being so patient and waiting there, Russell. Well, I, I had a little a little bit of a rant. Yes, you did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think why. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me on the show, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm sure it is more of a pleasure for you than it is for me. Since, I, uh, since I've swapped to do it, I used to do these as preview shows where we'd look forward to the game, and now I think it's a bit more fun to look back on the game. But maybe after tonight, I, I won't be thinking that. Uh, let's just say a few hellos, almighty blues. Uh, Ankit, how the devil are you, sir? Good evening. Uh, Facebook user. Stick your name at the end if you're not signed into StreamYard, because uh, I don't know who you are, but good evening. Terry Payne, 
Hi, Chris. I'm with you. Mega peed off, and I've been since the get good. I'm glad at least I've got one person that agrees with me. Uh, West Ham United. Hi, Chris. How are you? Don't ask me that. Don't ask me that. Rob, <laughs> Rob McFarlane. Hi, Chris. Uh, Tools have never played the game, so not surprising they messed up. My my point exactly. Um, my point exactly. Terry Payne. Um, for the handball, he gave a corner. Assistant gave the pen. Why the feck did he not go and look at the monitor? Uh, Vestergaard and Casper told him what happened because they are tools. They are not fit for purpose. It's as simple as that. Uh, just proves how bad the English refs are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a bad referee. They were saying uh, when we played, um, uh, who did we play? Uh, that's Napoli in the Europa League. So I'm trying to forget that. And our referee then, Russell, was, was the referee was awful. He was sponsored by Clintons, you know. And somebody said to me, wouldn't you like that standard of ref in the Premier League? I actually would now say yes, because he's better than the standard of referees that we have. Matthew, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Whereabouts are you? Have you have you sort of driven over the channel into France trying to hide from all the controversy? Tell you what, I, overall, though, it was a pretty even game. And what gets me is, and I'm not saying that had these decisions all gone our way, we would have won the game, because I think, no, it would have, it would have been 1-1. But... You must be, I mean, you've obviously got to be happy with your start and the way your season's going so far. And you've beaten us for the first time in the Premier League. Yeah, just got Chelsea to go now in terms of top flight teams to beat. Um, <laughs> we're very pleased to have beaten you guys. I mean, we felt because of yeah, what you've just said, the record against you. For mm. us, it was a massive win. We were absolutely delighted, notwithstanding the decisions, but we were delighted in general to get the win um, because yeah. uh, you've been a real bogey team, certainly in the top flight era anyway. Um I thought it was a great game. Um, I think you guys, well, what we do, we tend to freeze against you. I think that's what's mm. happened. And we haven't necessarily done that against any any of the other bigger sides in the in the current era, in the Premier League. Um, and we do, tend to freeze. And it seemed like we did the same in the first 10 minutes of this match, um, 10, maybe 11, 12 mm. minutes. We were far, far the better side. Uh, we yeah. were allowing James Madison to have a lot of the ball barns. Yeah, had the potential to be dangerous on the left. We were giving him a bit of space. And it felt like you were going to be able to cut through us. And then what happened was we, we effectively did have a game of two halves, but it was bookended by you. <laughs> so we yeah. had the bit from sort of 10, 11, 12 minutes in. Until you were the cream in the middle of our sponge, as they say. <laughs> just, just before the hour, I think, was when you started to step up. And then, of course, very shortly after that, Vardy got the goal, which is a brilliant goal, by the way. Really impressed yeah. with that. Um, good, brilliant team goal. And, um, yeah, we were getting nervous from that point on. And, obviously, it was all you guys from there on in, barring um, some good defending from us, pretty much. Yeah. But also, of course, the controversy, which I've got a feeling we may be discussing in a bit more detail, Chris. We, we, we might be. We might be. As soon as you've brought it up, I wasn't <laughs> going to mention it at all, but, but you've brought no. it up. <laughs> First of all, you mentioned Jamie Vardy there. Congratulations. That was his 150th goal uh, for Leicester mm -hmm. in all competitions he is now fourth. He's he's six behind her, Ernie Hine. Uh, he's got a hundred to go yet to catch up with Arthur Rowley. But I tell you what, <laughs> who would who would bet against him? Who would bet against yeah. him? But like you said, yeah, that first ten minutes, I can remember um, messaging my friend saying, "We're looking like Brazil here. We were passing it around, and I don't think in that first ten, min ten minutes you you hardly crossed the halfway line, uh, and then." You you sort of seem to get a belief in yourselves. 
yeah, and then we were playing a bit more like we normally do in, in the Premier League, um, both in terms of the previous seasons with the passing game, but also in terms of the more direct and, and slightly more snappier in, in the attack that we haven't really done until this season. We've, we've got a bit more confidence on a bit more of a consistent basis and we were really getting at you guys. And obviously the goals came during that period. Um, mm. The first one, you know, the controversy attached. The second one, just a good header from Danny Welbeck from some good chasing down leading to a free kick that initially started that. And um, yeah, we, we were pleased with the way we, we were playing. I don't actually think we've done anything different this season to last apart from create less in the xg stakes but be more clinical with the shooting that's the only difference um mm -hmm. and we've had more luck on our side which um obviously but again we'll talk about <laughs> uh, yesterday's <laughs> game in a minute but in terms of the season as a whole um we've we've had the breaks that is to say we've we've not had bad decisions go against us apart from burnley in the first game where for some reason tarkovsky um, doing a probably more exaggerated version of what Wallpay did um, on Sunday. Um, mm. He was sort of just tugging our guy to the ground. The goalie was barged into the goal and the referee waved it through. So, um, And luckily for us, that was inconsequential because we won the game anyway, 2-1. Yeah. But apart from that, we've, we, yeah, decisions, I, wouldn't, I don't think there's been many controversial decisions before yesterday. Um, but ultimately, the point is we haven't had bad ones go against us, which by this stage of last season, we already had. I think, if anything, Brighton are actually proving that I really know nothing about football whatsoever <laughs> because I had, and I think I mentioned this because I did a podcast for yourself, um, and as I say, it is at, you are from on Twitter, at Brighton Rock Pod. Um, yeah. You do do a podcast. How And I, and I, I apologise because I went off on my rant, how, and we will mention this again at the end, but how can people find your podcast? Yeah, well, it's on all the usual typical um, available platforms for podcasting, so Spotify, Apple, it's on Google, all the other smaller ones as well. Um, and, yeah, we do it either once or twice a week, depending. Sometimes we do match day specials as well. But there's always a review show. In fact, I'm doing mine tonight after this. So I, I shall pass on your feedback and when we start our one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I've, and I've and thank you very Thank you very much for having me on the other night when we previewed the game, and I was a lot, yeah. lot, lot happier than I was uh, than I am now, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. No, thanks, um, thanks for coming on. It was really good fun having you on. Actually, it was, uh, it was really good. It was nice to come on and not having to worry about doing any makeup because it was purely <laughs> recorded. Um, but that's just something I like to do at the weekends. We won't go into that. Um, <laughs> Terry, good evening, Terry. What goes around comes around. I know. I don't think. I don't think Russell was gloating at all, to be honest with you, because you know, on 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 the podcast, you were saying that uh, well, we could both kind of see a draw or, or a tight win either way. Um, but like I said, I had Brighton literally to struggle this season i just didn't get what all the fuss was about with graham potter he was being linked with all these top managerial jobs and and you know brighton was sort of this wonderful team that having all these shots and I, and i just didn't get it and i i say i had you down possibly for being in the relegation battle again this season uh oh. no you've proved me <laughs> wrong Chris, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, we, we had, we talked about decisions, I, I, and this thing about evening out, luck evening itself out, I have to say comprehensively, that's absolute bollocks, that never happens, because the probability of that happening exactly is very limited indeed. Yeah. And you look at, um, 
it, just one marginal decision can make the difference for a team, you know, making Europe or not, or getting relegated or not, or promoted or whatever it is. And last season, I did an experiment. I, I calculated decisions. In all fairness as well, I wasn't getting too kind of rosy spectacled yeah. about it. Decisions for and against what we had last season. And we had, I think we had two notable game changes in our favour. And I think we had 12, arguably 13 against us. So we were something mm. like a minus 11 on the on the evening outstakes. And I think that was a bit unusually disparaging, but it, yeah. it wasn't, wasn't a typical evening out of sorts. But it, it showed how bad we were luckwise with decisions. And um, I'm not, that's not just um, sour grapes. That were gen- no. genuine decisions, crazy decisions. Lots of it to do with VAR. And we also, we had the XG, which I mentioned, and that was never going to stay like that season on season. Um, we were either going to not create as much and then not, not be able to be clinical, or we were going to improve on what we've done. And um, I think that plus not having shit decisions against us is, is the reason we're now doing what I think we should be doing, which is um, getting into the top half which I don't know if we'll be there at the end of the season. Obviously, we are at the moment. Um, yes, I think our our total of points is a little bit of a misleader. We, you know, that's not where we're going to finish, is it, at the end of the season, fourth place? No, you never not, know. Not like you, you never know. But, but we, I mean, we could finish top seven or eight with yeah. the way that Potter plays. And the, uh, Graham's a great manager. He's flexible with his tactics. It's really hard to work out what he's going to do. And that's us. Like, never, mind, never mind the opposition. We've only seen them once or twice a year. Um, and I think we just um, we, we're going to move upwards. I think we've improved our squad oddly because we've sold White, who I know there's a lot of fuss made about him with Arsenal, but he is a very good player actually. And he, but he's been playing in a three uh, for us at the back, and it's really benefited us. What we worried about was losing him. Were we going to have disruption? But actually, Duffy's come back, and for some reason, he's turned into a, a world-beating centre back again, um, yeah. even better than he was when he was. Um, first with us before his loan to Celtic, which was a disaster. So we, we've somehow we've we've managed to, despite selling White, we've managed to improve the back line and the general balance of the team. Even mm-hmm. though we've got a couple of injuries, Tariq Lamptey's still not back. We now got Adam Webster out. He's a cracking centre back, and he's a driving run kind of centre back as well as a really good defender. Um, and we've managed to, you know, to to somehow even out our um, our our balance within the team yeah. and the other difference is we managed to score goals I think our ratio of shots to goal scored is is a lot better a lot better than last season yeah. so far yeah I mean Terry just says here in, in, in the chat whether you having done that whether you want want VAR scrapped or whether you would want to keep it I mean personally I was all for VAR because, you know, when you look at tennis with Hawkeye, yes, it had the problems and, you know, te- who, who, can ever, who can ever forget this serious, with tennis? Man. You cannot be serious! <laughs> we know how bad that was at the start, but that's kind of eased in. Ours just doesn't ease in. You know, we, we're still talking about VAR three, you know, seasons or whatever, or even four seasons in. And we shouldn't be, you know, we should be having the conversation now about the match, about how well you played and you did dominate a part. You know, like I said, you were the cream in, in you know, in the sandwich, if you like. Um, 
but you know, for those for those that period, you were the dominant team. You were uh, on on top, and that's what we should be talking about. But we keep coming back to. And the problem is these days is that decisions that are made can cost a club so much more money. And I get what Terry's saying that yeah, you can say these things balance out, and we got it in our favour in the Norwich match, and we got it in our favour mm. in the FA Cup final. Well. Let Chelsea, let Norwich moan about those decisions because that didn't, you know, affect us. But, you know, I can remember Bournemouth going down and Aston Villa staying up by one point because the ball didn't ring a bell when it went over the line. How much money did that cost Bournemouth in going down? And when you know you look at these decisions, and let, let's let's take the foot. We we did mention we were going to um, to look at the decisions, and see, seeing as you brought it up earlier, let's have a look at it. I mean, it, oops, let me just get the that was the offside. Let me just find the penalty. Here we, um, where are we? Here we go. I can't read my own notes now. You know that was he was holding his arms back. And and there's another picture which I haven't got, unfortunately, but they showed it on BBC Match of the Day 2 last night. If that was given against... And this is the way I always judge something. If that was given against Brighton, would you be fuming? Uh, yeah, in a word, yes. From, from mm. my opinion on that first decision is, at the time, I was, I was at the far end of the ground down the side, and you could see the handball from right the way over because obviously you know he's a big lad to start with, and his hand was right up in the air. So I thought, yeah, that's definitely a penalty. There was a discussion. We thought, yep, yeah, they've given it. Great, seems fine. Didn't see the replays, obviously, because I'm in the stadium. Yeah. We get the, the least view of anyone yeah. in that regard. So I thought, yep, yeah, fine. But having seen it back on match of the day too, quite obviously there was a foul which I had no idea about uh, from that far away, um, where he's clearly pulling him. Yeah, and. I do think that some of Albion fans, friends of mine, quite a few, in fact, some of them coming on the pod have, have said, well, that arm's in an unnatural position, even if you're being fouled, the arm doesn't have to go up so high. And I think there's probably some point to that, but the, but the point, the greater point is it was a foul before yeah. the handball physically happened. So it should yeah. have been a free kick to Leicester on that particular occasion. The only thing I'll say against that is, uh, you know, earlier, Burnley, we, we got a decision where Tarkovsky... Um, scores a goal against us, and he's completely and utterly fouled, far more than Morpé yeah. did, um, to, to win it. And again, you've got to question the VAR. I do think VAR, you know, it's, the system itself is fine because it's just showing you stuff. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's the administration of it, the use of it has been the problem. Yeah. I think it's been improved this year because they've now they've taken away a lot of the delay, or it seems like they have, the fiddling around with screens and different bits of information there or not there for games and the offside thing I, mm. from what they've said has been improved. However, there's still human error or human bias or whatever it is, um, is still going on. And we had that for Burnley. You, um, Norwich will say they had that in that game. Um, you guys obviously had it yesterday. Um, it's not perfect yet, is it? But that yeah. is, that's the human side of it. That's not the actual system. showing you what. Well, this is. is the point I made on, on, on my show last night, and Nick there saying it all sounds like sour grapes. It's not, because if you'd listened to what I'd said at the start of the show, had the VAR decisions gone the way that they probably should have done, it would have ended up one all. We, so we, hmm. we, we, you know, we wouldn't have won the game. We're not saying we should have won the game. Yeah, I mean, the ref gave a corner for that first one. To he me. did. <laughs> I mean, so he got it wrong completely. Yeah. 
Um, yes, DJ Nick, we did have the same arguments before, and I was one in favour of um, of bringing in VAR, but and, and uh, it, 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 how can how can I put this? You know, uh, it's no good having a Ferrari if you haven't got a driving license. <laughs> because you've got a thing of beauty there that's going to be lovely to drive and and you can't drive it now what i was saying was is that var is good but as you just said then russell it's the human element of it you know we used to have referees that were amateur they they you know they'd run butcher shops or whatever the rest of the time we made them professional but you still got the same you know, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. We're just paying them more to do it now. And yes, we're giving them training. But what I'm saying is, and the guy, the 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 uh, Mr. Banks at, at, at Rockley Park, he should be look. Well, he he's got to look at it because it's a penalty. So his instructions are: any decision like that, you look at whether the referee asked or not. The referee gave it as a corner. The linesman who can't see probably through three or four players at the foul gets said it was a penalty. So why yeah. isn't this Banks guy opening his gob and shouting to the referee, "Oi, hang on a minute, go and look at the monitor and see what what see what what you think." Now this is what I'm saying is that on match of the day yesterday we had two ex-professional footballers, Dion Dublin, Alan Shearer. As part of Match of the Day and working for the BBC, they get access to the same cameras that um, the PMOGL or whatever it is at Rockley Park get. They, you know, they all use the TV cameras, and they could see it's not a fact that it wasn't a penalty because they are ex-professional footballers. Now, like I say, Dion Dublin, he's got a very nice contract with Homes Under the Hammer and Match of the Day and all this, and. He's not going to want to, but some guy that's just been playing 20 odd years for Lincoln or Oldham or Rochdale hmm. suddenly hasn't got a career at the end of that within football. Would I am sure love to still be part of that? And it should be those guys that are running VAR. VAR in itself is the right way forward. We just need the right people. And I think ex professional footballer. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. And the idea about it being lower league ones is a, is a good one because they're less likely to have other opportunities within yeah. the game. And maybe, yeah, you give them some training and, and some recaps on the rules and updates on the rules and all that stuff, obviously. But um, aside from that, I think it's a great idea because for me, I mean, we, you know, we had a raw decision with the raw deal decision with the Burnley one. And then we get this and we think, oh, that evens out. Well, it doesn't because that's no good to you guys, is it? And yeah. whether or not we're competing in similar positions in the table or not, that's that's still not going to be any any use to you, is it? The fact that we're getting our um, our balance, <laughs> which yeah. I don't, as I said, yeah. I don't think happens anyway over a season. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I think VAR is fine, but it's got to be used properly. And I don't think it was there. Um, as I said, the, the ref gave a corner. Okay, the lino then waves him over and goes, look, I've seen a handball. Fair enough. Mm. Fine. He's a, he hasn't seen the foul, whatever. Fine. But mm. then, yeah, I don't understand why the ref isn't then having a look at the monitor on the basis of, as you said, Mr. Banks, yeah. saying, yeah. well, you might want to have a look at this to see if there's anything else you can see in the, in the screen. doesn't even have to say what it is. Yeah. Just say, have a look, see if there's anything else you think relevant here because i think the changes they they were pretty much putting the onus on the ref to change their minds whenever they went to look at the monitor before and it seems to be a bit of a sea change this season that it's more about 
just keeping a completely flexible option open. However, if that ref had gone and seen that, he'd see what we saw, that it was yeah. a foul first. But do you not think as well that if, as a referee, I've made that decision, I've given mm -hmm. the corner, and I go over and my colleague, the linesman, says, I, th I saw a handball, then there should there's doubt because you've got two people with different opinions. Yeah. How can you say one's right and one's not? You then you've got this VAR, and if we didn't have VAR, we'd all be screaming, "Oh, the referees made a bad decision." But you know, it's human error, and you kind of there's nothing you can do about human error. But this VAR is supposed to be the 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 answer to all our dreams on this sort of thing. Why not go and use it? You know, it, it takes less time to go and look at that as it does of you know some. European import rolling about 10 times on the floor because somebody's farted at him as he's run past. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And, yeah, so I, I feel sympathy on certainly with you guys for that that penalty yeah. decision because whatever else we talk about, that that's clear-cut for me. There's a debate about how much fouling is allowed with because it. it happens all the time at all sorts of corners, doesn't it? And we had, um, I can't remember what it was, there was another game I was watching the other day where um, there was a, oh, it's on the Ivan Tony thing because you know, he, mm -hmm. he was blatantly fouling him, got away with it. So what's he do? Stupidly does the same thing again. Quite right, he gets the foul. But what, what's the difference? And where, where do you draw the line in how much pulling and tugging is allowed? That's the only yeah. question. But, but I do think that was a foul. Whether they don't think it is a foul, if they actually saw it and thought it wasn't a foul, because they're giving more leeway, which apparently there is something about that, isn't there, this season? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what they would do. Maybe they did see it and said, no, that's fine. But <laughs> I personally I mean, don't, as a football fan, think that was fine. Yeah. In in fairness, in fairness, though, um, <laughs> we, when we won the Premier League that season, we were, no, you know, <laughs> our antics in the box were pretty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But it almost well, it was almost like WWE, you know, Huth and Huth and Morgan would would you know, but you know, diff, different times, and you know, we we did get caught out a couple of times and had penalties given against us. Um, Mike Mike Dean wouldn't have turned it over. What what somebody said here is, and I'm going back to DJ Nick here. Until referees become accountable. Um, and have to explain their decisions, we'll always have this problem. I mean, as I say, I emailed the Referee Association saying, do you want to come on? <laughs> I kind of knew they wouldn't, but I, it, the opportunity was there for somebody to come on and put their side, but they won't. They'll go back and hide you know, behind the, the, their screens and what have you. Um, mm. DJ Nick here says, why not implement changes like tennis? Tennis, have, have, have the challenges. Um Cricket have the challenges. Um, but then, as I say, I still say it goes back that if the guy at VAR was doing his job, we wouldn't have to worry about these options. And we need ex-footballers in there doing that. Um, uh, probably, uh, yeah, Terry apologises to you. <laughs> um, he's all right, Terry. He's all right. That said, second half. Um, we came out and we do what we normally do just before half time or just after half time is usually a good time to get Leicester because we're either just getting ready for our cup of tea or the cup of tea's not worked its way through the system yet. And, and Danny Welbeck, who loves getting a goal against us um, from free kicks, popped up. Lovely header. Yeah, yeah, we're very pleased with that. He's 
Um, obviously, he's, you know, he's got his injury worries. He's come in and we know we're only going to get a certain amount out of him. Um, we, we, it's more a case of managing him rather than him having had injury problems so far. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're very pleased. And if he can play his part, he's not going to be you know, starting every game. But he started the last couple and he's. I thought he looked a bit flaky in the last match. I thought he had a good game uh, yesterday. Mm. A number of our players had really good games. And he took his chance well. Yeah, really good. Good free kick, good header. Indeed, indeed. So that was that was two nil, and I'm sort of swearing and throwing myself around, <laughs> thinking what's gone on here. Can we not have just have those ten minutes at the start again? Um, but it kind of we'd, we'd made the change at half time. Madison had come off, and Luckman had come on. And to be honest with you, and I know we've only got Luckman on loan, but I'm a bit worried about saying how good he is, because I, I said this about Genghis under after three or four games, and that, that was his peak. He went downhill from that point on. But Luckman, he really caused you some problems. Mm. Yeah, he's a good player. I've always liked Luckman. Um, I think it was yeah. Charlton who was out at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right back when. And um, and he's, he's done well, I think. Uh, probably not as well as he could have done at Fulham, although he looked good. Obviously, he didn't get too, many, too much joy because they weren't having a great season. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he's gone abroad as well. And I think he's he's an interesting player. He's a good player, talented, good signing. I think he's, he's a very good signing. And I am looking yeah. forward. I hope we can tie him. Well, if he carries this on, I think I'm pretty much certain we're going to... Uh, we're going to sign him full-time, as they say. We then came to the offsides because we suddenly – we were throwing the kitchen sink at you. And, um, this yeah, is after you were, the goal, obviously. Yeah, this is after the goal, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were, so we, we sort of came back into it. We woke up and uh, made a couple of substitutions and started to play again. Uh, but this one, I've got to concede to you, I can understand why this one was given. Yeah, because I, you can I, I see that. as he's taking the shot there, Barnes, you it is block. I mean, if he wasn't offside, then it wouldn't make any difference whether he was blocking him or not. And this is very similar to the Norwich one uh, against us when it when when Norwich scored and it was uh, wasn't given. I can understand that one being given. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is ironically, it's almost a defensive play that's been backfired here because. From what I'm hearing, um, Sanchez, uh, Brendan Rodgers had a, a worry about the threat of him claiming. He's brilliant claiming the ball. He's got a great goalie, yeah. Sanchez. And obviously, the, the threat of a very quick counter-attack, his distribution's good as well. There was actually a genuine danger for the for the counter-attack. So as much as anything, I think Barnes is put in there to to look at the, the, the possible dangers of that mm. rather than the actual attack itself, ironically. Um, yeah. I think this one, I think, was the right decision because... There is a there is an element of interference with play there. He's yeah. partly in his sideline. If the ball does go his way and there's a flick uh, or something like that, he could redirect it into the goal. Yeah. Whether rightly or wrongly, whether he's onside or not, Sanchez doesn't know, A, if he is offside or not necessarily, and B, even if he does, he can't assume that the officials are going to give the decision. So he yeah. is therefore worrying about that player's presence. And I do think on that basis, that one was the right decision. I can see why... You could argue either way on it, but I do mm. think the remit from the refs and things I've heard, it sounds like that is the sort of decision. The general stipulation is they will they will call that offside. And I think that's quite similar to that Norwich goal, isn't it, that we were talking yeah, about earlier? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a no, similar thing. Yeah. I, I will allow. And I think a lot of the time you have to look at the reaction of the players on the pitch 
Mm. You know, it, when a prayer goes down, and yeah, you know that you know the ones that are gonna dive and the ones that are gonna do twenty somersaults, you know, and end up at the corner flag. Uh, but you also know those that, you know, quite often if they're not foul, will be getting up to carry on as if as if you know it was a normal thing. And this was mentioned on match of the day two last night was that Sanchez, your goalie, for the say the first goal was going mad and, and, and really getting, you know, annoyed because it was offside. Uh, it was blocked. Uh, but for the second goal, nothing. You know, the second offside, sorry, I should say. Yeah. Nothing. He was, in fact, he was getting the, picking the ball up to kick it into the stands in frustration. Um, and if you look at it here, again, VAR, what part of Barnes is in front of Sanchez there? Hmm. I think what this is is a diluted version of the previous scenario in that he's still in an offside position. He's still he's jostling with the goalie before this shot. So I think there's some interplay from an offside position, which may or may not have affected what happens next. But I think that what you've now got is you've got much greyer area in terms of the decision being given as offside because he's technically he's interfering, potentially he's in his eye line, whatever. Mm. However, that's clearly not as affecting or potentially affecting as the earlier no. um, offside decision. No. So I, I think that one, I'm not sure about that one. I really, I, I would definitely be pissed off if that was disallowed on a, a, at the other end of the field. I think yeah. I think there's a picture going round of either a Liverpool or a Man United goal in pretty much similar situations when it was given. But um, yeah. th this is the thing, like I say, I always, you know, when I look at something, you say, oh, was it a penalty? Wasn't it a penalty? I would be thinking, would I be shouting for that if it was the other, other way? And I've got to say, be honest with you, I don't think the penalty was a penalty. Uh, your second goal was a great goal. Can't argue with that at all. Uh, Vardy's goal oh, was superb, like you say, superb. And that's that's the frustrating thing with Leicester, because we can do moves like that. You know, and Tillemans just clip into the box. It was it was amazing. It was if they could do that for 90 minutes, we'd be we'd be champions of Europe. Um first goal offside. Yeah, I would have to concede that that probably was. Um the second one, I, I think it wasn't, but and I think had we come out of that with a draw, I think we, I, I think both teams would have had to say fair enough, you know. I mean, but what I noticed during the game was that first ten minutes we had seventy five percent possession, we were all over you. Then the next, so it almost went completely round, and then the game ended up, you know, we had more goal attempts. Problem was, we had 14 goal attempts, only 21% on target. You had 12 with 42%. I know yeah. stats don't tell you anything, but you can. I think you're going to have a good season. Yeah, I, th I think so. I think the funny thing with us with possession is we've, we've been a ball-playing side for you know, traditionally in the past and also, again, under... Um, well, since Gus Poet, we've generally been a possession-based team and got gradually better in, in terms of the way we were playing. But what we tended to find was when we dominated possession, which was in most matches, um, or not most matches, but a lot of matches, we'd lose or not quite get as much out of the game as we should have done. Mm. And we ended up being better, actually, when we had less possession. And we, we did our business in the counter-attacking. And what we've done under Graham Potter from the latter part of last season and definitely into this season is that we're actually now dominating games possession-wise and getting the results, which is yeah. the difference. 
interestingly here, I mean, 37% we had over the course of the 90 minutes plus yeah. stoppages, um, which is very different to our usual stats. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's unusual to be dominated possession-wise. And I think we did the same to Brentford last week. Um, they were used to having the, per- the percentage um, of, of you know, the, the, yeah. the majority of the percentage of possession. Yeah. But, um, but we, we had the, the majority of it in that match. Um, and I think that tied them out in the last 15 minutes. So this game, I mean, maybe it's something similar. You know, we were backs against the wall for that reason. Um, what I do think is we're, we're much better at grinding out results, managing games. I know there was the possibility we could have lost that game if two decisions had gone another way and mm. certainly could have been a draw. But, you know, we are generally managing games a lot better. The difference with Leicester with the other games that we've managed before is that Leicester are a much better team quite frankly, than Watford and Burnley. And yeah. and with all respect to them, because I do like them, Brentford as well. Yeah. Everton did play very well against us and we didn't turn up. You guys played well, but we did turn up and it was a it was a close game. Um, yeah. But I do think we're able to grind out results now, which is a big difference for us. So I agree with you. I think we will do well. Where mm. we'll finish, I've got no idea. Um, but... Well, you're sitting very nicely in fourth at the moment. And I, I mean, you know, you look at that and, you know, you one, one, lost, one, one, you know, <laughs> so, and you got Palace up next, which isn't going to be the most difficult games. I mean, no. the, the, again, I shot myself in the foot because I did say, in fairness with Brian, that you haven't really played anybody, you know, any of the big boys. I mean, you've played, let's have a look. You, 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 you beat uh, Burnley on the first day. Yeah. You beat Watford, you lost to Everton, you, you know, uh, they're, they're, I suppose they could be classed as quite big, but then you beat Brentford and then you obviously beat, you beat us. And But the thing is with Leicester, and I mean, you, you've got 12 points there, you've got twice as many as we've got and we've played Wolves, West Ham, okay, Man City, Norwich uh, and yourselves and no disrespect. It's pretty. It's an easy start for us, and yet we're making it hard for ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, I and mean, that's the, the worrying bit is when it gets harder. How are we going to get on then? Yeah, I mean, for us, we've we've started getting results against the. You just listed the teams there, and ironically, Everton is the team at, at home that we've we got the hex over. They've not beaten us until that game at hmm. home. A different story away, but the other games, um, Burnley, Watford. And um, and Brentford, those are the sort of games we would we would draw when we should win, or we'd lose when we should have drawn. And yeah. we've we're putting that right this season. The good thing for us is that we've you know when we're playing the better teams, we've got some good results. And this mm-hmm. season, so far, the best team we played, I think, is you guys. I think well, arguably Everton have, were very good as well actually on the day, because so, we didn't play well. It's hard to say for sure. Yeah. But you guys are probably the best team we played. And yet we've managed to get a result against one of the you know, one of the big teams, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Which so we're doing both so far. That's yeah. the difference. Whether we'll keep doing that, I don't know. <laughs> but as long as we beat bloody Palace on Monday next week, I'll be happy. Um, they are overdue. I am telling you what they. But I don't know if you followed what, what we had last season. They got four points off us. Um, ridiculous penalty decision, and we managed to claw it back for a draw. But they they were nothing in the game, and we ended up with a draw. And the second match, as you might have seen, they had two shots on goal, and, and including bloody Benteke gets a worldie for the first <laughs> and only time in his Palace career, over overpaid Palace career, and and they get the winner, and they beat us two one, and they only had two shots on goal. They did it against West Ham this season as well, so we, they are overdue. And if we can beat them, 
Um, I, my, my season's done. I'm, I'm happy. Stop the clock. Well, we, we've got Palace coming up in a couple of weeks, and I was actually, in fact, the, the game after next, we've got Palace. And I was inviting a Palace guy on to do this to check if he was free. He said, "I'll come on if you beat Brighton." So, <laughs> but just, just, and I've got a question there, and I've left it up because I want to come back to you before before you go. But I also want to say there is this obviously great rivalry between Brighton and Palace. Yeah. And I know I have asked another Brighton fan this a few seasons ago, but I've got to be totally honest, I've forgotten because why? I mean, you know, it's not like I could understand you having maybe another South Coast team or, but what, you, you're nowhere near each other, really. Yeah, well, it's a funny one because obviously Brighton, until Crawley got in the division fairly recently, we were the only Sussex club that's really ever been in the in the Football League or Premier League mm. or any of the other incarnations. So yeah. we don't have any very, very close rivals. There's no other same city teams. Well, not, not you know, professional anyway. Yeah. Um, Portsmouth, there's there's a bit of a grudge thing with Portsmouth, but that's that's quite a long way along the coast, and obviously they've got Saints anyway. And but yeah. Palace, um, well, two things to say: it's actually geographically the nearest club to us in terms of you know, well, Crawley aside now, but before yeah. that, it was the nearest club. Um, but the main thing is, it goes back to the seventies. You had Venables as their manager, Mullery as ours. They were they were professional rivals as players and in their early stages as managers. It was pretty nasty. It was the 70s. There was multiple instances of hooliganism. It was pretty nasty stuff. bit too young to remember most of, most of that. But from what I'm yeah. told, it was as bad as anywhere. And we were rivals between the divisions. So you had, right. I think, any, any London games are basically derbies in terms of the, the, the feel of it. You know, loads yeah. of fans will go to the game um, in the old days when you could get a massive number of away tickets. You know, yeah. we take whatever whatever we're given. We get we're going to five figures if we were given the tickets um, for any London game. So it's always a good day out and vice versa. But yeah. it's a grudge match from the seventies onwards. Seagulls, although it's an obvious nickname for a South Coast club, um, that actually comes from Eagles. Um, they were singing right. Eagles in a pub. We responded with Seagulls, which made it made everyone sound like they're all singing Seagulls when we started singing that. And <laughs> um, yeah, it was a response. They were called the Glaziers, and we were called the Dolphins originally. Both ridiculous nicknames. Um, oh. But um, yeah, so no, I mean, no, it no, no, not the Dolphins. I live in Paul and uh, uh, and Paul Town are uh, known as the Dolphins. But, oh yeah, uh, well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it, it goes back to then, yeah, and it's been oh, pretty spiky right. ever ever since. Really, oh, wait, I know it's alive. Competition between you, but Terry says during the game, which of uh, the Leicester players did you worry about when they had the ball? Well, apart from Vardy, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, I was worried about Ndidi because I think he's a great player. I think what he yeah. could then create for whoever I know he did end up scoring one of the disallowed goals, but um, what he can create for others, um, I think him his his role within the team. And how that could dictate the play was what I was most worried about, rather than the actual goal threat yeah. itself. Um, and I think Madison, even though he's he's had a moderate season, I think hasn't he so far? I think moderate is, is building his part up to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Not had the but best you know of like. Let's just put it that. Not had the best yeah. of starts. Yeah, you know what it's like though, bogey players. And I, I just both yeah. Vardy and Madison are the two. You think, oh, and we were worried about Ian Acho when he's coming off the bench because he's, yeah. you know, he's a great player. I really rate him. He's a good player. So those yeah. are the ones probably I'm saying. And Gullerton Fox here finally just says Brighton have a nice balance of the team don't know what depth you have in the squad yeah um yes it's it's good and bad in terms of it's good in terms of we got um 
I think we've got coverage in most areas. The only issue is strikers. I said to you on, a, on my podcast mm. that that's the area where we needed really one more player in and we didn't get him. Connolly's blown hot and cold and the, the two that started are great. They're fine. But we don't have anything particular beyond that. But um, other than that, the, the strength and depth is good. I mean, at the moment, we've got Webster out, we've got Lamptey out, we've got um, three or four of the peripheral players who either just come back or they're out. And what we have got is Tony Bloom, the chairman, the owner, he's been building this. This is a long-term project, being done the right way within FFP, getting up the right way. And he's been building not only the stadium, but one of the best academies in Europe in terms of facilities. He's now just opened a, a new one for the women as well, attached. And he's pumped tons of money in and he is really committed to development. Our academy is brilliant. We're, I think we're second in the league um, behind Man City on goal scored in the 23s. I think we're quite high up in the uh, 18s. The women's team are top of the table um, right. after two games. And obviously the, the first team's in, in uh, fourth in the, in the Premier League. That's, that's really the fruits of the labour of what's gone into the, the academy is starting to, to really blossom now. And, um, We've got a lot of good talent. Loads of it's out on loan at the moment. Three or four of them are in the are in the squad for, for us this season uh, for the first team. We've got strength and depth in that regard, I think. Um, in terms of oven-ready players, I'd say moderate. But um, yeah. but I do think we've got some really, really good academy players. And you never know with them. They could they could step on and be, become a, yeah. a story this season. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Terry, great praise for you indeed. Terry says you're a gent. And if Terry well, says you're a gent, then you, you, you're in. You're in, mate. <laughs> oh, cheers, Terry. <laughs> Dang. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, I'm going to go off now and have another bit of a rant, so I'll let you I'll let you go. I won't put you through that. Just remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, well, we're on Twitter, Brighton Rock, at Brighton Rock Pod. Um, mm. the, the main podcast itself is called Brighton Rock Podcast. It's on all the available platforms. Um, I don't do anything internet or... Um, or any of the other um, kind of formats like yourself here with the uh, with yeah. the uh, TV, uh, you know, doing the, the visuals. But it's just it's just purely an audio form. Um, but yeah, any any good platforms and a few bad ones as well, probably. Brilliant, brilliant. And just a hint: just turn your flag round next time and have it the right way round. Oh God, I, I thought it was doing it the other way because I've got an old. Um, I've got an old iPad. I was going to use the iPad and it does yeah. the thing where it turns it around. Yes, and I ended up having yeah. to put it on the phone. So now, of course, it's the wrong way around. Lovely. <laughs> Thanks for telling me at the end. Well, yeah, that, that, that gets us back. That, you know, makes me feel a little <laughs> bit better, you know. But, Russell, hey, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being honest. Uh, it hurts to say, but well done for the three points. I hope Brighton do well, although the fact that I said I thought they'd go down, I hope they do do well because I like to see teams like Brighton do well and teams like Newcastle struggle. It's nice to see the big boys struggle occasionally, isn't it? You know, so um, thanks so much. And we'll hopefully maybe do this again later in the season. We might get you in the cup again, but definitely for the um, (laughs) for the return fixture at the KP, and I'm sure we'll do you that time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, both counts, probably. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, mate. All the best. I know you've got All a show to go and do yourself now. So thanks yes, so much do. for coming on. Stay safe and uh, speak to you later in the season. Cheers. Thanks very much. Take care. Oh, thanks to Russell there. Um, great guy. Um, he's honest. Um uh, you know, I could, I could see he's very much like me. You know, if we get into the position where uh, we look at a decision and go, "Yep, yeah, 
if that had been for me, I would have been claiming that. Then you know that that's the best way. But look, I'm going to have a quick chat because Colton point Colton Fox has just made a quick point about um, about um, the game, and I'm going to bring that up in a minute. So, what we're going to say, like, like I said right at the start, I will accept losing if we lose properly. Um, but that aside, looking at the season as a as a whole so far, we've had some great times under under Brendan since he's taken over. Two fifths, uh, two European places, and and an FA Cup win. It's it's great times. Um, Cullerton Fox here says, just a slow start, Chris. I mean, when you look at what we managed last year with everything that we went through, as in COVID, as in players being a little bit little bit naughty and us having to drop them, injuries, you know, I mean, let's be honest with you, I, I was on Talk Sport and, you know, I, I did say that uh, Christian Fuchs has signed into the Hotel California when he signed in for Leicester because he's never going to leave. We're never going to allow him to leave. But um, for those of you Eagles fans, will know, we'll know what I mean there. But, you know, we were, we were picking players here that, in fairness, wouldn't normally play. And yet, we managed to be top four, vert, well, 37 weeks. Both, you know, if you put the two seasons together, I think we're only out the top four, three weeks or something like that over the last two seasons. And we've always been the team, the, the unexpected team that's been up there. The spotlight's been on us. And we've been having to look over our shoulder at who's coming up behind. And obviously the first time that happened was when COVID broke out mid-season. We didn't come back from that very well at all. And I want to go, what do you guys think? Because, again, last season we started off well. Maybe, I mean, we know, we're sat at the moment, we're sat down there, let me just get the table up, you know, in, in 12th position at the moment, we've won, lost, won, lost, lost. So we've lost three, won two, in what is a fairly fairly easy start, apart from Man City, you know, West Ham was annoying because they'd done that to us twice before last season, so we should have been uh, learnt from that, but this season, you know, you've got Brentford, I, I like Brentford, I think they'll they'll do the Sheffield United out, the three that came up and will we'll stay up and be quite high, you've got Brighton up there, Everton and West Ham, all three teams that are quite a few points above us, and maybe, maybe they're well, they will attract the, the, the limelight, the news, etc. etc. So maybe this season, when Leicester are coming from behind, rather than looking over our shoulders, maybe that's the way that will work out better for us. Maybe we'll do a Liverpool. And the problem is, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll break into the top four because you need one of those, to, the big four, to drop out. You know, I can't see Chelsea doing it. 
Oh, Man City, they've been formed, but we know Man City will come good. Chelsea, you know, they're going to be up there. Liverpool are the one that may or may drop out. But, but whether we can take that or not, I don't know. But I, I think we can still get fifth or sixth. I think we can still get Europa League. But we're going to come, let's say, this time, rather than holding on, of having that position and holding on to it, this time we're going to try and have to wrestle it off somebody else. We've got the squad now. We've never had the squad depth. We've had, got the squad depth now. We made some great signings, Daka, Sumari, Vestergaard, Bertrand. There's some great signings that we've made there. Luckman, he looks to be amazing, no pun intended. Um, so we should, you know, we've, we've made those signings. We've got the squad depth. Worry is that we've had a best, you know, the, uh, an easiest start with the the, the, t- the squad, with the team, sorry, the teams we're playing, and we've not done well. That is my worry. Um, Cullerton Fox, you know, you say here, start to kick on now. Well, we said that a couple of weeks ago, you know, and it hasn't happened, you know, and mm, I. I <laughs> It is a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Blah, blah, blah. We all know that. Uh, Cullerton, you see, okay, you're saying losing Wes was a big hit. Defensively, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, He has been immense for us. And if he walked in this room now, I'd be on my knees kissing his feet. I love the guy to bits. Don't get me wrong. But at the end, he was past his sell-by date in terms of playing. You know, a couple of possible own goals uh, in a couple of games when he came on for us, you know, a few times towards the end. That said, he was a big miss in the dressing room. And I don't understand why we haven't snapped him up. Maybe he wants to have six months off. Maybe he wants to go and be with his family. And my God, you know, he deserves it. He's earned that right. But we should be getting him back in some sort of coaching role ASAP before somebody else snaps him up. You know, these days you have five defensive coaches, ten attack. You know, you, you have all these different coaches. What he can give to the youngsters, and you know, including the Fafanas and etc., is the advice. So let's get him back in ASAP, please. Um but like you said, defence is an issue and is not the team's confidence. Uh, oh, sorry, you then went on to say that you think you'll start to kick on now. <laughs> I see where I was reading from the bottom up there, Cullerton. Um, defence has been an issue, certainly with the injuries, but we had injuries last season. You know, we've got to maybe accept as well is that it's not always going to go all our way. And I don't mean decision-wise, I just mean games in general, you know. And if we were to finish 7th, 8th, ninth, and out of Europe, is that the end of the world for Leicester? Mm. Scott, question on the upcoming fixture against Millwalls. Would you honestly be bothered with beating them and filling up space to compete in... Freeing up space to compete in other competitions? Do you know what? Last season... Last season, I was quite happy that we lost to Arsenal at this stage. Uh, is it round three, I think, we're in? Um, I'm just reading the notice there. Sorry, Cullerton, I thought you mean I'll come on to that at the moment. 
Um, Terry says here, he puts it quite succinctly, you can stuff the Caribou Cup for me. Do you know what? I, I used to like the way Arsenal used to do it. And that was, it was their youth team's games, if you like. Do you remember years ago, right? We, we've got a squad of players. Danny Ward. Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Um, Daka or Nacho. Um, all these players, Luke Thomas, that may or may not get runs in, in the first team. Years ago, you'd have a reserve team where they'd be able to go out and they'd keep the fitness, they'd play together so that when they came in, it wasn't a complete, you're playing with this team you've never played before because they'd already played with a couple of the players. But somebody at the FA, as usual, some gentleman who plays with himself, decided we don't need reserve teams anymore. We're going to get rid of the reserve teams. Why? We've now got players sat around doing sweet FA, and when they come on, they're not necessarily match fit or not used to playing with the players that they're now got to sort of pass the ball to, etc. So I think we will see. Um, I think we will see a lot of the youngsters, a lot of the squad being used. We've got this squad now, and you can't go to Samara, you can't go to Daka and suddenly say, or Nacho and suddenly say, oh. I know you're not played for six weeks, but we need you in the team this weekend. Or, oh, I know you're not played for six weeks. You need to come on for the last 15 minutes. You... <laughs> so, to be honest with you, I hope we do well in the Caribou Cup. It's a competition. If we get knocked out of it, I'll be disappointed that it's, it is to Millwall because can't stand Millwall. Um we remember Millwall, don't we? Um, I just don't I just don't like them as a club anyway. I'm not going to lie. But that would be disappointing if we go out to Millwall. Uh, but let's give the youngsters, let's give the, the, the not regular first teamers a chance of a run out, shall we? I think we can do that. Um, Terry... My wife comes from Derby, and now the events over there in Miami when we're in administration. So I'll only worry if we start to go the same way again. Never, never say never, unfortunately. It happened once. It nearly happened twice. And I mentioned this the other day. Uh, I don't like Derby for obvious reasons. Uh, I don't like any other Midland club, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't wish any club, even Derby, and Coventry is my big hate, but I forget about them because they're down. Uh, of you know, and then we've got Villa. Well, I don't want to see any club go out of business. And we've got to remember how other clubs were with us when we had the tragedy with Vichai, and you know, they they it transcended football. So as much as I would like to see Derby playing in the fourth tier, I would like to see them playing in the fourth tier as a full and proper run football club. So I hope they can sort it out. Uh, we've been there. We've got the T-shirt. We know what it's like. I wouldn't wish that on any fan. Because it's the fans that suffer in the end. It is the fan that suffers in the end. Um, Cullerton Fox. Yes. I know. I've just had a little bit of a rant about uh, Big Wes. And it was Little Wes that you were going on about. I actually still, I still actually stick by what I said about Big Wes. We need to get him in somewhere on the... Um, training staff on the coaching staff because he has a lot to give and i'm you know we shouldn't be letting that go anywhere else we should be keeping that little wes yes he of course he was a loss um 
I mean, Little Wes was that exception when you get a player in and he wasn't designed. He'd come in, I think he'd come into the development squad, hadn't he? He wasn't designed that he was going to be playing uh, as much first-team football as he did. But with the um, COVID situation, with all the injuries that we had, the, the Christian Fuchs played more games last season than, uh, than he'd played in the previous four put together, he had to... So, and it was this, you know, it was one of those, you know, throwing the baby in the in the water to sink or drown. Um, he didn't. He, you know, he was thrown in at the deep end, and he swam superbly. So, yes, he is a big miss. The problem, of course, is you then got Johnny Evans, and Johnny Evans is a miss because he's now the the big Wes, if you like. He's got the experience. Let's hope Vestergaard can do that because Soyuncu needs somebody like that next to him. Um, good evening, Turf Morehouse. How are you? Thanks very much, mate. Uh, welcome along. Do get over to Turf Morehouse TV and Dan. We're going to be doing a show together every month. Our monthly review show will be me and Dan. Uh, God help us, it'd be like Morecambe and Wise. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure which one of us has got the short, fat, hairy legs, but I know not, both of us could do with the wig. Only those of a certain age will understand that. So, yeah, uh, September's the next one. Make sure you watch it uh, when we do our monthly review. So thanks for coming. And also, congratulations. Dan went on a pub crawl. Um, he says it was for charity. Mm. <laughs> you know, these Burnley people, if they, you know, any excuse for, for a pub call. Um, if I did a pub call, I'd never get out of the first pub. I've got to be honest with you. But apparently he survived it. He survived it. Um, Rich, good evening. Rich from Rich Sports. Uh, thanks for popping in, mate. Tell me, Rich, I'm I'm really interested. Uh, I don't know whether you've got time to pop on or not, but I've been having a pop at um, VAR. You may be surprised to, to know. Apparently, Manchester United had a little bit of trouble with VAR. I didn't watch the game, uh, and I didn't see you on, on, on Match of the Day 2. What what was your problem with um, with VAR, Rich? Let us know. And if you want to come on, I, I, I can. Let me, uh, in fact, do what I'm going to do here, just in case you can. If you can't, it's fair enough because I know we've all got we've all got shows to do. Um, but I'm going to put the, the link there for you. So um, if you want to come in, because like I said, I do know. Well, we, I saw this earlier. Um, where are we looking here? Um, because apparently everybody VAR better. PL Chiefs thrilled with VAR despite controversy with United and Leicester fuming. How can it be better? Okay, uh, Richard says he can't join. I understand, Rich, no problem. Um, how can how can you gonna start me off again, Rich? You've started me off again. Um <laughs> I like this one. Let me just get rid. Of, <laughs> let me just get rid of this. Uh, you're 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 stirring it here, Terry. You're stirring it. Can you and Dan review Arsenal's August goal of the month, please? <laughs> oh dear, Terry. Oh dear. I do like it. I do like it. Um, so what? Where? 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 Where exactly were we? What were we talking about? Let's get the comments back up again. Um, Rich was saying the problem was we should have got a penalty. Well, 
you be Brighton, you get penalties when you're not supposed to. Um, oh, did I say that out loud? Scott says here, um, Chris, I agree with what you say towards the youngsters and probably not our starting 11 players. More games that will still have the FA and Europa League to compete and bring those players in. No, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I respect you, I respect your view there, Scott. You know, you're a regular presenter, I do respect what you say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the Europa League as the second string for second string players game. I say second string, but you, you know what I mean for the non-regulars because we've got a, we've got a chance to, to win the Europa League. I know we're joint favourites and we've got Napoli and we're in the group of death, blah, blah, blah. But I want us to give a good shot. We went out of the Europa League last season with a bit of a whimper. So the Carling Cup is the one. And I know, you know, under O'Neill, we, we kind of sort of, it was our way into Europe and we were grateful for it. And Man City seemed to like it. It's almost like the rest of us having a playoff to see who plays Man City in the final. But no, I wouldn't risk just the just that 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 sort of squad in the Europa League. Uh possibly in the FA Cup, but definitely, definitely in the Europa Cup. But no, I, if we went out, I would be disappointed only because it would be going out to say to, to, to Millwall. Um Rich says here, uh, Arsenal replacing that with pass of the month. <laughs> At least there will always be one. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, can't the kids go into the Johnson's paint trophy? I, I don't see. I don't even. I don't even understand that. Uh, but you know, we've got the squad now. There's no excuse, guys. We've been screaming for years and seasons. We need the squad. We've got a decent squad now. Let's see what we can do with it. I am pinning my hopes. On the fact that this season we're, we're gonna we're gonna come up from behind rather than we're looking over our shoulder to see who's coming up from behind at us. We've got Burnley next after Millwall, uh, and as Turf Morehouse pops in, we will be doing something together. We'll be doing this in a week's time with Dan from Turf Moor. I don't know if I'm confident about beating Burnley. I mean, Burnley have had a horrendous start. Lost, lost, drawn, lost, lost. Not a good start, Dan. But, hey, it gets your manager a four-year extension. Funny one, that. But anyway, you've got him. He's there. And uh, we'll be talking about that next Monday. But we'll be at 9 o'clock, I think, on Friday or Thursday uh, on your show. Guys, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can watch this back on YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV. Please smash the likes and give us a sub if you haven't subbed us already. And give me 10 minutes and we will be uh, bringing this up on the old podcast uh, platforms. So you can watch us in, well, you can listen to us in glorious stereo um, on Amazon, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google podcast added anchor to name but six we're all over the place we uh well like margarine we spread ourselves about a bit and i used to love marge she was a lovely woman and <laughs> we will be back tomorrow night seven o'clock with the caribou cup preview show me and craig at seven o'clock we'll be talking all things millwall then um terry great show uh thanks very much terry um 
Turf Morehouse, cracking show. Can't wait to be back on. <laughs> it's uh, I can't wait to have you back on. I mean, that's that's a bit worrying. That is a bit worrying. We uh, yeah, we are like we are like the two uh, two naughty schoolboys sat at the back of the uh, back of the lesson. Me and Dan, um, brothers from another mother. Uh, I know which one of us should have been drowned at birth. Um, Cullerton, thanks very much. Great show, Chris. Appreciate that. Smash those likes, guys, if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, get over later and smash the like then. So, 7 o'clock tomorrow, we are going to be talking, like I say, Millwall. We're going to be fingers crossing that we can um, maybe get past them this time because we didn't. The big question is, of course, how many windows on the fans' buses will Millwall be able to smash this time? I think it might be a few. See you tomorrow. Stay safe. Thanks very much for watching. Good night oh, now. Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.